is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Halfback Dynasty. My name is Brendan. We are joined today with our co-host, Tyler. Tyler, how the heck you feeling, my man? Feeling great, Brendan. Nice little Saturday, man. We're uh, feeling good. Feels good to be uh, rolling here on the weekend. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great, man. Had a nice workout this morning, preparing for the Chicago Half Marathon. My brother and I are running all the way in the fall. I got to beat him. I won't lose. You know how it is, brother. You know how it is. But, dude, it's nice weather in Chicago, so the snow's finally melting. We're living life, baby. That's good, man. I was going to say, you look a little swollen in your shirt. And uh, with uh, going back to the weather, man, we got <laughs> we got yeah. about a we got about a foot on, what, Thursday night here. So it's got some nice snow outside. Yeah, I know you guys don't mind it as much as we do in Chicago. I mean, even Chicago is pretty unpredictable. So Chicagoans are like, eh, whatever. But I know sure. Colorado sees a little bit more snow than we do. For sure, man. Uh, yeah, we love the snow here. Being a Colorado guy, love it. Excellent. Excellent. Cool, man. Cool. Well, great show lined up today for all the listeners. Going to talk about some free agent news. We're going to introduce our rankings, our dynasty rankings, as well as talk about a few rookies that we uh, have planned for today. So without further ado, Tyler, I mean, there's some big news going on in the NFL always. There's really never a dull moment, whether it's during the season, during the off season. And to me, that's what makes dynasty football so much fun is you can never really take a break. You can try to take a break, but you're always checking uh, recent news, any trade offers in the inbox, things like that. So have you heard anything big around the NFL? I know there's some QB play going on. There's some recent trades, things like that. Yeah, the uh, QB play has been crazy. Obviously, Wentz going to the Colts, I think that's one of the uh, better landing spots for him. Uh, kind of gives a boost to Michael Pittman. I'm interested to see what he can do. Uh, they have an interesting wide receiver core. I mean, Zach Pascal, I'm pretty sure is a free agent, but he's actually had a pretty decent run at times. He's a decent receiver. I mean, I'm not saying I'd want to flex him week to week, but if Wentz gets back to, you know, a couple of years ago, his form and Pascal signs and uh, for the Colts, uh, you could do worse at flex. Uh, I don't think T.Y. Hilton will be back. I, I could be dead wrong. I just, I don't see him going back i think he's going to try and get paid maybe one more time he's getting older um outside of Wentz, i mean the crazy news you really have no idea what's going to happen with deshaun watson um I, i'm not deshaun watson's uh bank manager but uh he's going to lose 20.2 million dollars if he sits out uh that's a lot of money like i know deshaun watson has money but that's that's a crazy figure. So I still think that situation is going to work itself out. Um, I saw Denver crept into his top three list. It'd be really cool as a, a Judy fan to uh, see Watson come here. Uh, a lot of people think Carolina cleared a lot of cap space last week for a reason. So I know they're pushing pretty hard, but uh, everything you read, the Texans flat aren't taking calls. They're not even taking offers. So uh, both sides seem to have dug their heels in a little bit. Um, and yeah. then another elite quarterback, Russell Wilson. I have no idea what's going on in Seattle, but it almost seems like he is going to move. It's not even a, a when or just somebody writing about it. It almost sounds like he is going to move. Um, he submitted his list, I want to say a couple days ago, because uh, I think he has a no trade clause as well. So obviously mm -hmm. these guys have to approve where they go, but 
I don't really understand what happened in Seattle. I, I certainly, with as many issues as they have up and down their roster, if you lose Wilson, uh, that team could just be awful. So uh, very interesting stuff going on in the QB position. And then some of the other free agency uh, guys, you and I talked about how it could be a really, really fun offseason, but you hear Galladay might get tagged, Godwin might get tagged, uh, Allen Robinson might get tagged, Aaron Jones might get tagged. I mean, we could uh, we could go from a very, very exciting offseason to kind of a pretty big letdown with uh-huh. some of the guys that are out there. Um, I think the guys that would take the most hit in a tag, I think Godwin, not just Godwin, I think everybody on that offense would be capped. Uh, Brady shares the ball a lot. Uh, as a Godwin owner, I want to see him leave, but a lot of writers and, you know, people on the internet seem to think that Godwin, if he left is not that good of a receiver and it would hurt his career. I, I don't see that, but maybe that's because I'm a Godwin owner. Mm-hmm. Um, and Galladay, I think takes a huge hit if he's franchise tagged. Cause as you and I talked about uh, a couple times, I just don't think Goff uh, has the skill set for what Galladay brings to the table. Um, he's not a receiver like Cup or Woods. He's a downfield guy, throw it up in the air, and that's just not what Goff does. So we'll see, man. I, I'm still hoping for a crazy offseason, but everything you're reading, uh, we'll see. And, you know, Aaron Jones has been heavily linked to Miami, but hey, if Green Bay tags him, that's not like he can go anywhere. So. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, I think that Deshaun Watson is not bluffing. I don't think he really cares about the money from what I've been reading. I mean, yeah, that's a big, big number to lose or not get paid or however the financials would work out. I think he wants out of there. I don't blame him. seems like the front office isn't taking into consideration who Deshaun Watson wanted to consider for coaching positions or whatever the whole story is. Uh, cycling through to Russell Wilson that came out of nowhere in my eyes who would have thought about Russell Wilson looking to move I mean you know him as a Seattle Seahawk I mean him in another jersey it's like Brady in a Bucks jersey it's very weird to think about and it's crazy he linked uh, Chicago up there too so I'm hoping that Chicago ponies up and the Bears get an actual quarterback for the first time in I don't know since my entire life Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You wonder if, I mean, obviously none of these guys are Tom Brady, but you wonder what the Brady factor had, you know, uh, there was the contingent that thought it was all Belichick and the system and the New England Patriots and Tom Brady's really not that good. And uh, I mean, Tom Brady took a huge gamble on moving on, but obviously it paid off. And again, these guys aren't Tom Brady, but Hey, you, you don't have to stick with your team because that's your team, you know. I, but yeah, the Russell Wilson stuff, I, when I first saw the articles maybe a couple weeks ago, it was just like, I thought it was a Seattle beat writer just trying to, you Stare know. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it gained this steam and he almost seems the most likely to move out of all of them. It almost seems like an in, inevitability. But yeah, though the Watson, it's just ugly, you know, I mean. I can't imagine if he does sit out. I mean, they don't have to trade him. He's under contract. So what are you going to do? Sit out the next year? And like, are you just going to be done? You know, it's a very interesting, unfortunately for him, I don't think he has the power in the situation because he signed a contract with them. You know, they don't have to move him, but at the same time, if he's never going to play for you again, why wouldn't you move? Why, why keep him? I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I don't understand that. I definitely agree. And if, if I'm the Texans right now, I'm in a full rebuild, to be completely honest with you. 
I don't think the Texans are anywhere near contending. I mean, look, even with Deshaun Watson, I mean, he's a baller. His statistics, his his ability to run the game is phenomenal. And he still only got them to what? Four, I forgot what the record was. Maybe like four or five wins, whatever it was, really bad. Uh, and it's crazy because you could get a haul for him. You could get a complete yeah. haul for Deshaun Watson. Carson Wentz sent the market. I mean, well, okay, let me let me rephrase that. If, if initial reports was Carson Wentz was going to net a first rounder plus. I mean, now they they gave up a the Colts gave up a conditional second rounder that may be a first rounder, whatever it is. But then Jared Goff set the market like yeah. crazy enough, or Matt Stafford, whatever that trade was too. What was it? Multiple first round picks, I think, or something absurd like that. So yeah. who's going to pony up for Deshaun Watson? I mean, that he he deserves to net more than Stafford by a bunch, man. He deserves like four first round picks in return for him. So I've seen, I've seen that's kind of the price point according to writers is for first. And I mean, when you really let that sink in in the NFL, that's insane. You know, Mm -hmm. for first could set your, I mean, you're, you're setting up your franchise for success by locking down a quarterback that you know is a good quarterback, but for first rounders man in the NFL, that's just, that's unheard of, but you know, it's almost, I understand that Watson and JJ Watt are not even comparable assets because Watson is a quarterback and it's an, it's extremely difficult to find a franchise quarterback, but I thought the release of JJ Watt was almost childish. You Mm -hmm. know, it's almost just another slap in the face to Watson, I guess, you know, it's almost, they were good friends too. Yeah. It's, it's just almost getting, childish you know it's just yeah. I, I don't understand it but obviously you and i don't run sports teams so i, I oh, yeah, yeah we do that. yeah we do we do run sports we teams. do we do <laughs> hey like, you know when my players on my dynasty team start mouthing off you know, they get bad you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice dude yeah i mean uh, how i look at the, the the market right now is deshaun watson does deserve to to go to a better team in my opinion he he does nothing but produce and play the game hard uh, it's just now with Matt Stafford setting the market so high, nobody wants to pony up that that huge price for Deshaun Watson. But it's pretty evident that wherever Deshaun Watson goes, it can't get any worse. So I don't know what's going to happen with the situation. And in terms of Tom Brady leaving New England, I mean, he just set the tone high, too, that you can leave your franchise you've been with for your entire career and there's more out there for you. So I think Russell Wilson is very capable of transferring teams and organizations and still being a really good franchise quarterback, just not in the playoffs where he throws a million picks. But the idea is Brady did it so others can follow suit. You know, Matthew Stafford had a huge net in return. Others will follow suit. So I'm really curious to see how this will break down. Uh, Just in terms of your QB rankings or prices for these dynasty QBs, where do you put them at? Does Russell Wilson's value change at all now that he's a year older and now his situation could change drastically? What about Deshaun Watson? I mean, he might not even play. You right. know, you don't know. So what, anything change in your rankings or your thoughts about them? Uh, not really. I mean, interesting timing that you know exactly uh, how I price a, a high-end quarterback. I mean, I think <laughs> quarterbacks – you and I talk about this via text and, you know, our league is a slightly different that it's a six point for, you know, touchdowns in general, mm-hmm. passing, running, anything that uh, I think 
quarterbacks get undervalued in one quarterback leagues. I mean, everybody just says, who cares? Plug in a guy, you know, our league's unique that there isn't guys on waivers, you know, that you don't have the option to stream a quarterback in our dynasty league. So to me, quarterbacks are gold, man. I, I wouldn't trade Patrick Mahomes for the one, one in our league. Why would I, you know, and it just, it doesn't make sense. You know, you're talking about, quarterbacks that put up 40 points a game given our settings format that the the out the out players are not going to do that consistently so uh, I'm probably a little bit I guess unique in the sense that uh, I personally think the up upper tier guys are worth early first you know and based on mathematics alone you know I run my fantasy team heavily based on math you know and in our league it's not a popular opinion, but uh, Patrick Mahomes is probably the most valuable asset in our entire dynasty league. But well, he'll score no, the most points for sure. Yeah, but nobody would ever say that, you know, because it's not yeah. a popular opinion in a one quarterback league. So no, I don't. I don't drop Watson or Wilson at all in the rankings as far as if you were going to trade for him, as you well know. Um, and I, I do think it's fair to ask a lot in a trade for guys like that. I really do. So sure. I think what's important to, to see here is the disparity between the top QBs to the top running backs and the top receivers to the next tier. So sure. let's say this year really proved this past season really proved that the top quarterbacks are incredible. They, they will get you 30 to 40 points a week. Uh, Mahomes, Watson, Jackson, I don't know. Uh, Jackson kind of moved down my rankings uh, a little bit due to the past season he just had. But uh, Allen, Murray, and I'll even put Dak. So the top five, let's just say no particular order. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Deshaun Watson, Tyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and Josh Allen. Those guys really balled out. And then you get to the next tier. Well, the overall point difference uh, between the full season, throughout the full season, that could be like 50 points a year. That's like that's like five to 10 points lost at the quarterback position. If you don't have a top five guy and is that worth missing out on to have a couple extra points at the running back position, you know, so there's a lot into it, but, you know, coming out and saying that you wouldn't even trade Patrick Mahomes for the one one straight up. That's crazy talk in my opinion into everybody else, but I totally understand why yes. being a, a six point touchdown league. So it's interesting, man. Uh, I think we need to break the news that you and I had a blockbuster deal uh, this past couple of weeks. I think it was like two weeks ago already. So I adjusted my lineup right away to, to show oh, my lineup. So uh, for those of you listening, Tyler and I uh, made a massive deal. Uh, I sent him Deshaun Watson, DJ Moore, and I think Gabriel Davis, correct? Correct. And uh, who'd you send me? I sent you Kamara, which was broke my heart, uh, Latavis Murray, and who was the other piece? Uh, Drew Locke, I think. Drew Locke, that's right, yeah, because you needed a quarterback coming back. And um, like we talked about, Brendan, that was probably literally the hardest trade I've ever had to make. Uh, I'm probably one of the biggest Kamara fans there is, but in my head – I rationalized that, I mean, as you well know, I didn't even have a backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. If Mahomes were to go down, imagine what anybody in the league would charge me at that point 
to trade for a QB. And after thinking of what well, we talked for weeks, I mean, after thinking about it for weeks, it was a, it was a long discussion. Yeah. I felt <laughs> I could still contend without Kamara versus if Mahomes went down, my season's over, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, period. So yeah. that's what forced my hand there. And, um, I would still probably lean that you won that trade. I think Kamara's for the- now, for now, yeah. the next next year or so. But once once Kamara hits that that breaking point, that downturn, I mean, dude, you're gonna have two top five quarterbacks for the next decade. So <laughs> yeah, and I, I learned a valuable lesson that I moved Josh Allen last year in the off season. Um, you know, he was a good quarterback, but obviously not what he is now. And sure. I, you know, sometimes I get caught up in outside perspectives and it's okay to have two good quarterbacks in a one quarterback league. There, there's no. nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a very nice security blanket Advantage. because there's a chance Mahomes is going to get hurt. He will miss a game or two. Watson will miss a game or two. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, if anything were to happen to Mahomes, my, even as good as my roster is my season's over, it's done. Mm-hmm. Unless I want to trade, you know, CD Lamb, Aaron, J- you know, the, the price would be outrageous at that point because everybody'd know I was screwed. Yeah. You well, know? I got Kirk Cousins on the block now if you're interested, homie. <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm good at QB now, but I mean I know how hard everybody listening, even with up. you with you getting Kamara, who's a top asset. I that trade was incredibly hard for you to make too. You know, I know it was. Yeah, I mean, giving up DJ Moore—that's my—that's my homeboy right there too. I own him in multiple leagues, so it's—it's it's difficult. But you know, our philosophies are very different, and this yeah. trade showcases that. And for me, I mean, hey, pairing up Camara with Christian McCaffrey—I mean, to me, oh, that's like wow. And then Miles Sanders too. I mean, I love stacking my running backs because I love the running back security. Because to me, in my past experiences, it's always been so difficult to land those top running backs. So I figured, you know what, I can always find another quarterback, which I haven't been able to yet. That's why this league is so difficult now. And I'm realizing it. Uh, So, you know, yeah, we're banking on the draft. Hopefully your boy can land uh, a top QB uh, with the 112. So I'm pretty excited, man. But overall, big trade, just what we needed to uh, kick off the offseason. So excellent, man. Hey, let's yeah, jump QBs in. Uh, are, QBs are so pricey in our league. And that yeah. was the other thing that, you know, made me pull the trigger. And even with moving Kamara, I think overall I made my team better, uh, a safer yeah. team. And, you know, I understand where you are coming off a championship that, uh, you know, that trade was hard for both of us. I, you mm-hmm. improved your team. And like you said, man, you're finding out QBs are so hard yeah. to land in that league. They're tough. That's why your boys are going to land Trevor Lawrence in the draft, baby. It'll be great. (laughs) It'll be great. Cool. Yeah. You know what? Let's, let's jump into our rankings. Uh, I know we discussed our last episode that we compiled our top 50 dynasty rankings. Uh, We'll show you our top 20 on the screen here shortly and just talk about a couple of the players on the list. And then we'll also pick out a couple of rookies to talk about. So let me pull it up real quick on my screen. Excellent. Tyler, can you see that? Okay. I can. Fantastic. So yeah, we had a lot of fun doing this. Uh, You'll see um, my column on the left-hand side, Tyler's column in the middle uh, right here. And then uh, with another league mate, uh, Tyler's brother, Jason right here. And we averaged them out and we've got some dynasty rankings. First time doing rankings. Uh, This is subject to change. Uh, This is early rankings. Obviously the draft can impact that free agency can impact that. 
So you also notice uh, some uh, rookie rankings that we have here. We already spoke about Jamar Chase, so we're actually going to jump into Najee Harris and Travis Etienne today. But Tyler, let's let's look at the the top twenty of the fifty rankings we have here. Uh, you know, it's pretty interesting to see a wide receiver in the top five. In my opinion, you know, in all my leagues, we always go running back heavy to start out. So it's it's cool to see Tyreek Hill up there. I think he is deserving of it. But I know you guys are a little bit more wide receiver centric. That's even the correct word, centric. And me and the guys I play with typically are more running back. So nothing new with McCaffrey, Kamara, Barkley, top three. I think that's almost interchangeable, if you will. Jonathan Taylor made the cut. I mean, my goodness, he's going to be a baller. I think Jonathan Taylor has a legit chance to jump up to the 101, the best dynasty asset after this upcoming season. But then we see your boy Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. So overall, top five, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, pretty, I guess, standard across the board, maybe. Uh, I think Tyreek Hill is a little bit of the outlier there. But, um, you know, a lot of it comes down to age, where they play, who they're linked with. You know, Hill, for me, being my third overall asset is more because he play, he's linked to Patrick Mahomes. You know, and Mahomes has the skill set available to make Tyreek Hill the weapon that he is. Um, you know, obviously CMC and Kamara still up there. They're both approaching that cliff, you know, mm -hmm. which was another reason why you and I made that trade. I've said it a million times. I like to sell running backs a year early versus a year too late. Agreed. And fair or not, you know, running backs, there's almost not even a – uh, you almost don't even see it coming. It's just they're good, and then the next year it's just done. You know, you saw it with, you know, Le'Veon Bell held out, so maybe that played a factor. He went to a bad system, but Le'Veon Bell was an absolute stud, and then it was just over. Mm -hmm. David Johnson was a monster, and then he got hurt, and he's never been the same. Uh, Zeke, I still think bounces back, but maybe we just saw Zeke fall off a cliff. I, who knows? You know, I think that's what makes running backs so risky for me in dynasty is when it's over, it's over and nobody touches them. Agreed. You know, I've, Agreed. I've, I've said it on DLF that I offered Kamara straight up for the one, one or the one, two or the one, three and zero interest, you know, and I think for a lot of people in their leagues, that would sound crazy, but I, I think that, yeah, I think our league is very unique when people are like, oh, CMC or McCaffrey's worth four first. That would never happen in our league ever. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, some of that stuff's just very, very, very different, uh, uh, you know, league to league. But I, I was blown away that I couldn't move Kamara for a top three pick. Hey, I'll take him for the price I paid any day of the week, man. I mean, I, I really like that trade overall. I, both those guys are probably stuck on my team now until they're done. And, you know, if I win back to back, it's well worth it. You play to win, you make Absolutely. the move you make to win. So, yeah, Absolutely. definitely hear you on that. You know, some interesting uh, things that I see on this list. Uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott is pretty far down for all of us. You've got him at 15. I've got him at 19. Jason doesn't even have him on his top 20. Do I see him here? I don't even see him here, my friend. So, it just goes him. to show, yeah, in, in terms of Zeke bouncing back, it is pretty likely, especially uh, if Dak is, is the QB. But people are willing to give wide receivers more time 
to develop or bounce back than running backs. And with sure. the trend of running backs falling off the cliff quickly, once they go down, it's really difficult to pick them back up because then the following year, they're a year older. They most likely had an injury. With receivers, you can assume that they have a chance to bounce back more effectively. So I think people are a little more lenient with the wide receivers, uh, even approaching up to 28 to 30 years old. So really cool to see Zeke here uh, down low. I would have never guessed that until another couple seasons. Another thing that stood out to me, Michael Thomas. I've got Michael Thomas at, at nine. You've got Michael Thomas all the way down to 16, man. What is the reason for that? He's pretty low, in my opinion, on your rankings. He is. I don't, uh, you know, he had a, I don't want to say a diva, but he had a, a bit of a diva season. Obviously, his uh, injuries played a huge factor. Um, I think Michael Thomas is quarterback proof. He he certainly was in the past. I mean, obviously, injuries played a huge factor. But, uh, you know, I worry about all the assets in New Orleans, to be completely honest. That was the other reason why, you know, I was okay with moving Kamara. You have no idea what that system's going to look like. You have no idea who their quarterback's going to be. Um, so I dropped him. And it's funny you mentioned him, Brendan. I, I was going to say, you know, Outside of CMC, Kamara, and Barkley, mm -hmm. uh, it just really shows, man. Year to year, the the movement in rankings is so big. Like Calvin Ridley would not have been up this high a year ago. Mm -hmm. Michael Thomas probably would have been in the top five. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's incredible year to year how much it moves. DK Metcalf wasn't even anywhere near this. AJ Brown wasn't up this high. It just it really goes to show, and I think that is a testament to CMC and Kamara specifically, how how high they've been for years. And I, I obviously have Barkley high, but, man, I was really digging into Barkley last night because I was thinking about making an offer for him. Sure, Barkley has not been very good since his rookie year. You know, I'm not saying his stats have been bad, but you also factor in his rookie year that he had 92 receptions. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous, you know? So I, I even wonder if maybe Barkley's too high uh, for me, you know? I, I think he's still young enough that he bounces back, but personally, I think Barkley has a lot to prove next year. Obviously, you can't help that you had a bad ACL injury, a bad knee injury, but uh, mm -hmm. Barkley to me is not exactly like Odell Beckham, but Barkley's living off a season two year, two plus years ago, you know? Sure. Whereas, you know, people, when they still talk about Beckham, you're, you're living off a ago. season three <laughs> years ago. Yeah. He's not a good asset. You know, I feel that, man. I feel no. that, you know what? I, I think that I got to give Saquon one more year. Sure. Um, you, you pointed it out, you know, factually that he is young. So uh, his, his athleticism is unmatched. Well, hopefully it is, but when he came into the league, he's a freak athlete. I yeah, think yeah. he's capable of bouncing back, assuming that, the Giants can actually give him some protection to, to find some space and run. Uh, very interesting. Uh, things do change quickly. And one thing that stands out is obviously everybody on this list was drafted into your dynasty leagues and they will never be cheaper than in the draft, but you have to make sure you hit on the guys that you pick. So for example, I think Christian McCaffrey is worth three first round picks, but you know, you most likely drafted him at like the 104 that year, right? And so accumulating draft picks is so important. And I know you're a big uh, proponent of that. You love to trade to try to get the, 
the 101 to the 105 to pick up the guys that you want. But to me, I mean, I'm always playing to win. And a lot of my roster builds right now are set to compete and be competitive. So I don't ever really have first round picks because I always trade them. So I always miss out on getting these guys at the cheapest rate possible because I know if they take that extra year to develop, it'll hurt my team in the end rather than trading for a player that can immediately help my team win. So I don't know, man, I, I'm going to be searching to, to grab some hopefully discount picks in other leagues. I know there's some, some skepticism about this upcoming draft class due to the fact that it was shortened seasons or people opted out. So I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Uh, and what's up? Anything else that stands out on the list? I was just going to follow up on your point that, you know, known assets are way safer than picks. They're not as exciting. You know, everybody wants to have a ton of first round picks come draft day, Absolutely. but you know, you you've built, you have arguably the top two assets on your team. And, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned how young Barkley is that Saquon Barkley's 24. He's really for a running back, not that young. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying he's old. I'm not saying he's hitting his cliff, but you wouldn't even consider moving CMC or Kamara for Barkley straight up. Would you? No, I wouldn't. So I think after those two, it's a, it's a big drop off. Yeah. So he's just not a super known asset at this point, except for outside of name, you know, and um, it's just interesting that, yeah, a lot of people, there's a couple people in our league like you that, just don't care about first rounders as much because there's a gigantic bust rate, you know, it's, it's just that simple. And, you know, first round picks become so, so valuable that they're right up to the draft, baby. They're almost, they're almost overvalued, you know, I I understand that, you know, with talking, kicking around the Kamara trade that the three teams in the top, three are very much in rebuilds. So Kamara does not make sense to go out and buy for an early pick, but it just shows that, you know, draft picks are so valuable, man. Like I, I desperately want Devonta Smith and figured Kamara was my way to get there. And it just became very clear that that is not I, happening. Yeah. Uh, my, my idea to, to anyone who's, who's in that position where draft picks are impossible to uh, acquire look to the following year in terms of draft picks. So for example, look for 2022 draft picks, target teams that you feel will not contend, but they think they have a shot to contend to where you can offer up a guy for like, let's say Amari Cooper for, uh, you know, maybe a, a bottom three team who thinks they can contend for their 2022nd first. Okay. Well, Cooper might not make that big of a difference in contention for them, but you just landed yourself a possible top three, top five pick, you know, uh, future picks will always be cheaper than current picks, obviously. And that's kind of my strategy right now. in one of my other big leagues is that I know it's going to be very difficult for me to grab first round picks this year. Somebody wanted uh, Dalvin cook for the, the one Oh one. And then they'd say, I even think of, I'll, I'll have to think about that, but I'm not going to do that. So now my strategy is to target that same team who I don't think will be that good this upcoming season and acquire the 2022nd pick so I could replenish my team in the future. Uh, is that strategy interesting to you? I mean, do you agree? Absolutely. No, I totally, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, it comes down to, I, I guess, what you're willing to move when you're willing to move it. You know, I, 
you can look at Kamara, McCaffrey, Delvin Cook in our league. Uh, I don't think you could move them for a ton because, you know, it's just that age old. We've all played fantasy long enough that, you know, a running back hits a certain age. And for a lot of people, they're like, I'm not touching that guy. No matter what. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart or not. Chances are McCaffrey and Kamara have three or four really good years left, but maybe they don't. You know, and there's just people that aren't willing to to take that on. You know, look at I mean my brother's ranking of Derrick Henry. I I've we talked about it last thing, dude. Super we talked about it last year that I told you I think Derrick Henry is the best back in fantasy football. I I it's on this show if you go back and you want documentation, but I wouldn't rank him that high because of age, but at the same time. Derrick Henry could easily be the number one running back again next year, but mm-hmm. nobody's going to touch Derrick Henry for the one, one. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. You know, he's 27 years old. Yeah. yeah he's definitely getting up there and he gets the ball about a million times a, a season. So look at yeah. uh, even once it hits for wide receivers, look at Deandre Hopkins, uh, mm-hmm. Devonte Adams, as good as they are. Nobody's going to give a ton for him because they're almost 30. You know, that's the, that's the tricky part about dynasty. So yeah, I agree with your, your value of looking a year down the road, you know, that they those picks are way, way cheaper. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, man. I couldn't agree more. So definitely interesting strategies, but you know, sometimes you have to just be prepared to miss out on this draft if you want to uh, get some picks in the next draft. So that's just the way the world works. So very interesting to see uh, how these rankings will change. And I'm going to offer a boatload of, uh, of players for Dalvin Cook now. Maybe they'll want to offload Dalvin Cook in our league for something cheap. So then I could have the Camara, McCaffrey, and Cook stack. I have no issue acquiring these running backs at this point in time if I'm competing. So I guess it's good that my strategy is completely different from everybody else in the league. So cool, Tyler. Cool. Uh, let's jump into to the rookie rankings. So uh, basically what we're looking at, we, we have the top 12 rankings for each of us, what you're looking at in red right here, Javante Williams and, uh, Tyler Wallace. Uh, these are highlighted red because Tyler doesn't have Javante Williams in his top 12 rookie rankings. And I don't have Tyler Wallace in my top 12. So we couldn't average them out. So basically you see the average of the top 11 rankings for the rookies here at halfback dynasty. Uh, we already spoke about Jamar chase, uh, Tyler, I made it very clear that if I didn't have a worry of not being able to secure a top running back, I would put Jamar Chase above Najee Harris. But due to the leagues I play in, it's very difficult to land top running back. So that's why Najee Harris is my number one pick this year. He's the 101 in the 2021 rookie draft class for Dynasty Football. For you, you have him all the way down at the 103. So... Talk to me a little bit about that. You, your strategy is obviously receivers ahead of running back. So, yeah, my, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of how I would kind of draft in the first round, but at the same time, not getting too out of control there. You know, if I had the one, one and the one, two, I would take Smith and chase no questions asked. Um, but I think Najee Harris makes sense at the one one because running backs are tough to acquire they are tough to get like you to your point outside of your draft they'll never be easier to get than outside of a uh, rookie draft but um 
it's just a different philosophy. You know, obviously you can look at my roster build and know exactly what I like to build around. And there's no questioning that. So, um, absolutely. If you want to start getting into uh, our rookie talk right now, I mean, the biggest knock to me about Harris is his age. Mm -hmm. You know, he's coming in at 23. I don't know if he'll be 24 before the season even starts. I can't imagine that. I think his birthday is actually in like next week. So he's going to be 23 coming into the year. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, again, that age – I think we get caught up in age too much in dynasty, to be honest, at times, like we just talked about, like nobody's going to trade for Hopkins or Devonte Adams because of their age. And that that's mm-hmm. probably not a good decision. Look at Keenan Allen's untouchable, you know, guys like that, that are legitimate good assets on Sunday in your lineup. But mm-hmm. um, again, it's just a number, but uh, I, I'm not crazy about, about his age coming in, I guess I, the, the younger running backs are more exciting because if they don't hit their rookie year, they're still young. Look at a Joe Mixon that came in at 20. He was 21 his second year. Uh, Cam Akers is just now 21. You know, you just feel that there's some built in cushion there with a younger guy versus let's say Harris comes out and struggles his rookie year, struggles his second year. He's all of a sudden 25 or 26 years old. Like, yeah not great i agree (laughs) i agree i agree dude and and you know what man it's tough because i think he has the talent i mean if you watch Najee harris play he he's a baller you know he's patient he's patient behind the offensive line he's difficult to tackle uh he's decently quick i think he runs like a 445 let me let me fact check this Uh, i mean he's got everything that you would expect for an NFL caliber running back. Uh, yeah, he runs at 445. So yeah. his statistics were phenomenal this past season, the 2020 season statistics for Najee Harris, 251 rushing attempts, 1,466 yards on the ground, 26 touchdowns, dude. That's crazy talk right there. Oh, he's a beast. It's crazy. Beast. 5.8 yards per carry. I mean, if you even look at his 2019 stats, he's put up over 1,200 rushing yards, 13 touchdowns. You know, it's really a matter of the only thing you can knock him for is his age. And yeah, I understand, you know, you make that, that argument. And I agree with that argument. But you're totally correct in that we overvalue age. And running backs tend to assimilate to their – or they translate to the NFL a lot easier than every other position. So in, in certain, in certain builds, I'm always a proponent build around quarterbacks and wide receivers, draft your running backs when you're ready. I think Najee Harris is going to translate and be productive day one, really no matter where he goes. So that's why I have him as my, my one Oh one. Again, I would be very, it would be very difficult for me not to take a running back at the one Oh one almost every year in a non-super flex league. Like I can almost guarantee you, I will take a running back every year at the one one I, I know that's that's corny to say especially without knowing uh draft positions yet landing spots but tyler you, that's just my philosophy man yeah i can understand that and i mean to your point i think harris will hit from day one i think he'll mm-hmm. be a good running back i've got some uh just some highlights of his strengths uh definitely a power runner uh has tremendous contact balance uh mm-hmm. he gets yards after contact 
Uh, super strong lower body. He's a short yardage asset, which is big in dynasty. He's going to get goal line carries. You know, some of these, like a guy like ATN, I don't view him as a necessarily a goal line back, which hurts him a little bit. Uh, like you said, he's got good speed. Uh, one of the knocks is it's good speed, but not great speed. Uh, has solid acceleration, excellent vision, uh, great first step to hit the hole. And one of the most important things that stood out for me watching him, Brendan, is he has advanced pass protection. Uh, we talk about it all the time. Uh, another huge knock on Travis ATN is he needs to learn how to block. And if you can't block in the NFL as a running That's back, big. you're not going to play. That's big. That honestly, yeah. people in fantasy football yeah. don't realize that, that that is a huge, huge, uh, I guess, need for NFL teams and organizations. You have to be able to pass block. I agree. Uh, it's, it's huge. I, I think that's what makes Harris and ATN, in my opinion, not even, there's not even a question there. Who's the better running back coming in? Uh, just a couple weaknesses I saw is uh, he's a really strong runner, but surprisingly is like overwhelmingly not very physical for the type of build he has, the type of body Harris has. But I feel like he's big. He's big for a running back. Yeah, he's huge. But he yeah. has great, great hands. He should be able to pass catch really well. He could be a three down back straight away. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most obvious comparison would be uh, Mark Ingram type okay. of guy. You know, I, I don't think he's in the Derrick Henry category, but um, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, Derrick Henry is just a monster. But uh, I think Harris is easily by far and away the best running back in this class. And I, I don't think it's close. And Again, just hammering home. Uh, his blocking ability is what separates him. That is, uh, that's a big, big deal in the NFL, and that's a that's a day one starter. You know, I think what hurts some of these running backs coming in from day one that Donald Jones. <laughs> yeah, you think they're just going to be these great players, and if you can't block, you're not going to play mm -hmm. because your most valuable asset on any NFL team, whether great or not, is the quarterback. Because without him, you're not doing anything. Mm -hmm. So you better be able to block. You know, I agree. Yeah, I saw a comparison. I forgot the source, so please forgive me. But somebody was comparing him to Matt Forte of the Chicago Bears, which uh, very similar builds, man. Very similar. Both are 6'2". Uh, Najee Harris is about 230, and Matt Forte is 218. So uh, if, if he's anywhere near Matt Forte for, you know, five, six years, I'll take that on my team, man. Matt Forte was a beast. I actually have his autograph on one of my Sperry's, my, my boat shoes, dude. Pretty crazy. That's well, nice, man. Yeah, I was I was gonna say some people might not be thrilled with that comparison, but uh, mm -hmm. in fantasy, Forte had three or four RB one seasons. So, oh yeah, Dude, you know, I think I, I think the thing that's tough and philosophies are different with builds. Like, if you get four RB one seasons out of a running back in dynasty, that's huge. It's a win. Yeah, and you, you shouldn't expect a whole lot more to be completely honest. Because, like we said, when the bottom falls out it's over, mm -hmm. you know, running backs get old quick and, you know, you, you take their production when you can get it. And I think Harris, uh, for the right team, the right build, like the guy in our league that has the one, one, uh, Andy Griswold, dude, he might have the one, one and he own he earned it. I mean, but his team's really good. I mean, he has Kyler Murray, Deandre Swift, AJ Brown, Brandon Ayuk, and you're now going to uh -huh. probably add Harris. I, he could be a contender overnight, you know, yeah. but yeah, he's Young the squad. One, you yeah. know, so yeah. 
And it's a team like that. Yeah, I think Harris is the guy to take because it just brings you to a different level. You know, it's interesting uh, being that if you uh, if you have the strategy of acquiring draft picks when your team's good or acquiring draft picks in the future. So like the 2022 draft and let's say you have a top team and you acquired that that pick in 2022 that becomes the 101. You're adding almost a, a guy that will literally help your team instantly. So, you know, obviously the whole point of the drafts is to do reverse order from, you know, last place finisher gets the top pick, but due to the the dynasty world and people always being trade happy, you occasionally will get powerhouse teams getting these super high draft picks, man. It's crazy. So absolutely. It speaks to your point uh, about trading a year out, you know, moving a, a, a first rounder, two years from now, you're always like, yeah, who cares? But mm-hmm. that pick will get here. That draft year will get here. And maybe by the time it does, you're like, wow, my team's terrible. I yeah. should have held my first round picks, but it's too late. Then but at the time, screwed. then you're screwed. If you, dude. Yeah. If you think you're a contender and somebody's like, Hey, I'll give you so-and-so for a first rounder a year or two out. And it's just like, Oh, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a 2022nd first round pick is probably the equivalent to like a 2021 second. Yeah, yeah nobody, maybe, maybe you have it. Right you now. have the pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but crazy. Crazy. I, I mean, uh, case in point, there's a an owner in our league that has six 2022 first right now. That's because, crazy. Yeah, sure. That's why not? Crazy. I gotta hit him up, dude. I gotta hit him up. That's absurd. She's a tough one to trade with. So, but uh I think she's holding those picks. But I mean, that's just her team is not good. Uh, she's been in a rebuild for a few years and that's a smart GM right there. You know, you were able to acquire six first rounders because they're a year out at a discount rate most likely. Yeah. Way cheaper than you were able to, uh, get picks this year. So great, great GM work there. She's, she's got the one, three this year, you know, she's set up for, uh, what could be a very a very nice rebuild you know dominant all- dominant dynasty too if, if she hits on all the picks and then sure. you know you have uh, a whole squad of first rounders that are incredibly young so you could run the league for quite some time with that setup yeah it changes quick like a team like yours that's stacked but maybe has a few Older. aging running backs you know Older. what do you look like in 2022 2023 it's hard to say not as good as i do now man i'll tell you that so <laughs> For cool. sure. Do you have any uh, predictions on where Najee Harris will land? Um, I don't. I don't think he goes in the first round. You know, I'm interested. With, I don't think any running back goes in the first round this year. I think it. I think Aaron Jones plays a huge factor here. Uh, if he doesn't move, I think Miami jumps all over Harris in the second round. Mm-hmm. And maybe all of that is this alabama connection that you know they want to get waddle or smith to pair with tua they want to get uh harris maybe that's getting overplayed but yeah uh, if he lands in atlanta uh miami who else is a arizona arizona even buffalo man i i don't think moss or singletary is very good you know that yeah, there's a ton of good landing spots, even though it seems like maybe there's Pittsburgh. not. But I, the only reason I don't like Pittsburgh is their line is terrible. Uh, you know, I think James Conner is not a special talent, but he's a better running back than he looks like in Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, yeah it's going to be weird to see the the Steelers not be a, a good running team. 
It's yeah. you always like you always hope that they draft a running back who's ever in their system is like guaranteed to be good. It's kind of oh, like any any running back under Andy Reid, you know, it's just it's weird. Absolutely. And I think whoever drafts Harris drafts him to be their guy. You know, oh, I know. no doubt. No doubt. It's funny. We're... You and I have very similar landing spots. I have the, the Falcons at pick 35, the Dolphins at pick 36, the Cardinals at pick 49. And to be honest, I see uh, NFL wise, I see uh, either three of those teams drafting either Harris or uh, Etienne. So I don't know what's going to happen. I think Harris is definitely the clear cut fantasy running back. I would imagine he's the clear cut number one uh, NFL running back. But, you know, we didn't think. Clyde Edwards Hilaire would go in the first round to the Chiefs, right? We thought like DeAndre Swift was a better match or whatever the situation may be. So who knows? Dude. Spots are huge, man. And it'll change the rankings on where players should be drafted. Uh, Hilaire was not even remotely in contention weird, for the 1-1 dude. last it year. And so weird. You know, you're kind of in that transition where you're phasing out some older running backs. David Johnson looks done. Todd Gurley looks done. You know, there's there's – always new players coming in as older ones phase out you know you're you're seeing a, a changing of the guard of running backs of sorts in the nfl you've mm -hmm. got acres dobbins taylor all these guys coming up whereas you know the top upper echelon is they're getting older you know derrick henry has way less good years in him than uh jonathan taylor Exactly. You know, uh, Kamara and CMC, you know, come next year, what do they look like? It, you yeah, know, you I think Jonathan no Taylor is going to be the, the best dynasty asset. I'm putting that out there right now. I, I think, think Jonathan right. Taylor has the best shot to be the, the 101. So I think uh, he's going to be a beast. He's going to be a beast. Cool, yeah. man. Uh, real quick, I just want to brush up on uh, Travis Etienne's stats. Uh, this past season, 2020 season, at 168 rush attempts. 914 yards on the ground, 14 touchdowns, which is still pretty crazy on those numbers, uh, 5.4 yards. Uh, but this is where it gets juicy, dude. His 2018 and 2019 stats at Clemson were unbelievable. Rushed for over 1,600 yards in both of those seasons. In 2018, he had 24 touchdowns. In 2019, he had 19 touchdowns. Uh, he is capable of receiving. He had 48 receptions and 588 receiving yards in 2020. And then in 2019, he had 37 receptions, 432 receiving yards. So he does seem more like a scheme back, uh, as in he'll fit better in certain schemes with certain offenses. Uh, I think he will be capable of being an NFL back. Uh, I don't have a comparison that I really wrote down, but maybe like I might get roasted for this. I'm not too sure if this is a good one, Tyler, but maybe like a Miles Sanders, you know, a, a pass catching back who can still run the ball very effectively. But I, I don't know. I'm not as sure set on him at as Najee Harris, obviously, but due to the running back scarcity, that's why I got him jumped up on my list. I got him at the 103. You got him at the 104. Yep. And I've got some strengths and weaknesses to run through kind of like Harris, but real quick off the top. Um, I think ATN going back to school will hurt him. I think yeah, that was a bad choice. I think if not a bad choice, I mean, the guy got a degree. I mean, there's more yeah. important things. Than, draft stock. Yeah. than football, but his draft stock got hurt. I mean, if you go back to school, uh, look at Devonta Harris or sorry, Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. You need seasons like that if you go back as a senior. But, hey, he can't take that back now. Um, 
his strengths to me is super fast uh has great acceleration mm -hmm. uh, also has good vision uh, he runs pretty hard for his size because he's not the biggest back uh great cutting ability quick feet uh great open field moves he's more of a a jamal charles an exciting type back hey. versus, versus harris who is going to get it done with power i mean uh atn's more flashy i guess you could say um uh, his biggest weaknesses i found was uh he had some fumble issues uh last year uh you know that's a big deal in the nfl uh i think he struggles to create yardage after contact in the nfl with the uh, bigger linebackers things like that i mentioned earlier i don't think he'll be a goal line asset which hurts him immediately mm -hmm. i don't think he'll be an inside the 20s kind of guy um, I read an article that a lot of people think his frame is maxed out, which maybe is not great coming in. A lot of these guys get bigger, bulk up more. Uh, and again, his, his pass protection is, is bad. Um, I think that's his biggest knock is pass protection, which is a big deal. Um, I'm just looking at Walter football here. A uh, great site for the rookies coming in and they, you know, have some great articles. <laughs> Their player comparison is Giovanni Bernard. Wow. I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear that, but um, I think, I think ATN is way more of a gamble than Harris. I think ATN's either going to hit or I don't think he's going to hit. I don't think there's going to be much in between. I think he's either going to translate or he's going to be an asset that is a third down back, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's definitely a little quicker than Najee Harris. Uh, he clocked a 40-yard dash at 4.38, so 4.38. Uh, his height and weight is actually really similar to Miles Sanders. I just looked it up. Uh, ETN is 5'10", uh, or 5 feet 10 inches, and then he is 210 pounds. So uh, Miles Sanders is, is kind of small, too. Uh, 5'11", 212 pounds. So uh, you know what? I was just uh, – you know, throwing up a comparison off the top of my head right there based on uh, frame and whatnot, but dang Giovanni Bernard, man. Oh, that's, that's, that's not good. That's not good. But granted, you know, their comparison could be just based on how he plays the game. So, I mean, Gio, Giovanni yeah. Bernard never really had the best of situations in the NFL in comparison to other running backs. So you never know. I agree. Not as much of a sure thing as Najee Harris, but uh, landing spot is going to be key for him. Oh, it'll be huge. If it's a straight running system, I, I would not be as concerned about landing ATN to be completely honest. I think he needs a passing back that kind of system where, you know, look at miles Sanders. I think miles Sanders has a ton of skill, but he's maybe not been as good as everybody hoped. Agreed. You know, some of that could be system. Some of it could be line, but I don't know, man. As far as the top backs coming out the last few years, to me, ATN has that gigantic potential to not pan out. Yeah. Like I said, I don't think there's going to be an in-between. I think he's going to be a very good running back or he's not. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens, my friend. Very, very nice breakdown. So, uh, you know, next week, next episode, We'll talk about uh, some wide receivers, it looks like. Uh, next up on the list is going to be Devontae Smith, your, your homie. So 
I'm very excited to talk about Devonte Smith. Hear your opinions on that, and then also we'll we'll break down uh, some more of our dynasty rankings. We kind of brushed up on on the uh, top twenty. We talked a little bit about the top five guys on the list. We'll probably go six through ten. So we'll talk about guys like Nick Chubb, Devonte Adams, Dalvin Cook, DK Metcalf, Derrick Henry, which somehow made Jason's one hundred and one top dynasty asset. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to break it down. Tyler, do you have anything you want to say before we close it out? Uh, not really. I mean, I just running through the uh, the rankings right there was interesting because my mind is just stuck on Travis ATN. Like all those guys that you just named, I felt like were way safer rookie picks. Oh, yeah. Travis, you know, Travis ATN is going to be a very uh, polarizing figure. Whereas last year, I think if he came out, I people probably would have taken him at the one one you know, in rookie drafts. I just, I, you know, sometimes going back to school for all the right reasons, you know, I'm I'm sure he wanted to get a degree. I'm sure he wanted to try to win back-to-back titles. He wanted to play another year with Trevor Lawrence, like all the right reasons. It just, you you look at guys way different. I mean, do you remember the year that in dynasty anyways, when Miles Gaskin and Jordan Love went back to school, those guys were huge running back prospects first round dynasty running back prospects coming in they both went back to school and look what happened mm-hmm. well and i hope i hope Miami doesn't hasn't do anything. Played, has he no he, he hasn't it's like two seasons straight you know yeah well the packers drafted him last year they drafted him last year as a backup qb to aaron Rodgers. oh uh, i'm not not jordan love who am i thinking yeah. of uh the running back for washington uh not Darius guys um no it's oh my goodness I'm gonna feel like an idiot let me look him up real quick yeah I was I was like Jordan Love was a running back yeah no and then then I was thinking wait a minute he went back to play quarterback yeah no that's uh that's a terrible misquote it was Miles Gaskin and yeah I'm pretty sure his last name is Bryce Love Bryce Love, Bryce Love. Yeah, he the run, wasn't the running back out of, of Stanford. I think he was Stanford. Yeah, those guys were consensus first round dynasty yeah. running backs. And, you know, they both went back to school and it hurt them both. Yeah, well, Bryce Love also had a pretty big injury. I think he sure. tore his ACL or broke his For leg sure. or something, but he's never going to, he's never going to be uh, anywhere near uh, what he was, uh, as what he was looked at as a prospect to say. So, yeah, that's why, dude, injuries, bro, injuries too, going back to school. You know, as as I guess we say here at Halfback Dynasty, two things, don't get injured, don't go back to school, go straight to the NFL, baby. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting because I do think uh, you're gambling with a tremendous amount of money going back to school, but if your yeah. NFL career is short, um, it's a responsible choice to wrap up your degree. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just very interesting in a real life scenario versus football. Yeah. You'll have you that know? degree for life. You only have your NFL career for like 10 yeah. years. So unless so, you're a top QB that, uh, you know, stands the test of time. <laughs> yeah. And again, I'm not bashing Travis ATN. I, I like Travis ATN. I loved watching him play in college. I just, man, I, I don't know what to expect in the NFL. I really don't. And that's good. That's the reason why we play Dynasty Football. It's a gamble. Uh, Real quick before I close out, make sure you hit us up on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, You can find us at Halfback Dynasty. You can shoot us an email, halfbackdynasty at gmail.com. You could go ahead and talk to us on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Tyler's the legendary Gator Sends. My name is McCaskies. We're always stirring up the pot there. 
Uh, but thank you everybody for listening in. We appreciate your time. Stay safe, stay smooth. And remember, Tyler, you're in this for life.